Uh, welcome everyone. We're delighted that you could join us. We're excited to share what we know about the PPP forgiveness process. Uh, joining me today uh, are Casey and Dejani. They're a crucial and a very important part of the JJ Mansfield team. And I have to give them props for putting together this pr presentation and doing a lot of the, the uh, deep digging to put together the resources. So. Um, Casey, you want to kick us off? Sure thing. So our goals today really are to help you understand your options for PPP forgiveness. Uh, there are two different applications and hopefully after today's presentation, you'll know which one you can apply with. Uh, we'll also be providing credible and digestible resources along the way. Uh, you'll notice at the bottom of some slides, there'll be a, a little yellow highlight uh, with a, a source document and those will be sent around uh, in a package along with the slides and a recording after the presentation. Finally, we're gonna do our best to offer some sound recommendations along the way. Uh, we're happy to answer any general questions that you guys have at the end of the presentation. Please feel free to ask them throughout using the chat function. Uh, if you can try to keep them as general as possible, it's a little challenging um, to answer questions broadly that are uh, situational. So, uh, and please remember also to select everyone or all attendees from the drop-down menu. That way, when you're asking your questions, uh, everyone is able to see both the question and the response. So to, to um, test out this chat function, we wanted to get um, a sense of what everyone's been up to since we last chatted about PPP, which was in early April. So it's been three, three months. Um, as you can tell, I am working from home. Uh, I'll tell you what I've been up to. Um, one of the most important things I learned is um, my husband's working from home too, is, uh, and we work in different ends of the house but he talks very loudly on conference calls. So I've learned much more about his job than I ever wanted to know. Um, I've also done a few things in the kitchen. I've learned how to pickle beets and make a mean martini. But the thing that I've been most proud of is I've been uh, practicing yoga on a daily basis for the last couple of months. It's helped maintain my sanity. It's been an incredibly challenging time for um, CPAs and, and tax providers, uh, just incredibly challenging. So just to maintain my um, sanity, I, I turned to yoga um, and martinis. But um, anyway, so Casey, what have you been up to? I um, honestly have been spending a lot of time with my dog. Um, he's eight years old, but he learned how to roll over. So all dogs can learn new tricks. And Dej? I participated uh, in a book exchange. So I just wrapped up um, the book, What Alice Forgot. And that book along to someone. And what if some people chatted in and been up to? Um, it looks like Kevin said that business has been slow, but he's been um, watching which jobs he can accept. Oh, and Abby's been talking to her plants even more than normal. I love that. <laughs> and Jennifer, uh, We've got a lot of support for the martinis and yoga. Uh, awesome, awesome. So, um, so that's what we've been up to. Uh, we've been working really hard. This has been an incredibly challenging time for us. We will help dozens of our clients with their PPP applications. And then we've been diving in deep to understand the forgiveness because that's what it's all about is really to get 100% forgiveness for those loans. 
So um, Dej, why don't you kick it off with our first polling question? So the um, first polling question is, what type of funding have you received? Um, be it in idle advance, which was the $1,000 per employee, um, or the idle advance and the loan. Um, maybe you got all three, the PPP loan, idle advance, and the idle loan, or just the loan along with the idle advance, and maybe you left idle completely alone and just did a PPP loan. Awesome. So we've gotten about 25 responses so far. So if you can go ahead and answer this poll, give it another few seconds, and then we will launch the results. So it looks like most of the folks um, got the PPP loan only. Um, some people did the idle advance in the loan. Some people got all three, but the majority, 61% um, was the PPP only. Great, awesome. We have another polling question. The next polling question. Um, if you received a PPP loan, what have you spent your funds on? Have you used it just to pay yourself? Have you paid yourself and employees? Um, have you paid yourself and also some non-payroll costs like utilities, mortgage, or rent? Um, or maybe you just got funding and you haven't spent any yet. So again, make sure to pop those answers into the poll and we'll give it another couple seconds for you to answer and then we'll share the results. So it looks like um, most 40% have used it to pay themselves, their employees, and then those permitted expenses. It looks like though there's 23% of the people that have not, um, they haven't used their funds yet. So um, that's, that's interesting. Hopefully you just received those and um, you, still have, you still have plenty of time to spend them. So let's go on to the next slide. So I'm, we put this disclaimer here. Um, first of all, it's kind of dizzying how many times the rules have changed and the guidance have changed and the law has changed in the last three months. So what we're telling you today is based on what was available today. The SBA is um, supposed to be coming out with additional interim um, guidance. Um, they thought it might come out this week, so far nothing. So there may be some additional guidance, so hopefully it, it uh, won't impact anybody on the webinar, but just know that there is additional guidance that may be coming out soon. There's also talk of additional possible legislation. Um, I think Congress is waiting to see what the jobs report for June is like. That's supposed to come out on Thursday. So um, again, this is what we know as of today. And um, while we like to offer um, the broad information, um, you should always talk to your tax professional to obtain advice with respect to your particular situation. 
For today's agenda, we're going to be talking about um, some idle repayment updates, uh, specifically how idle grants will impact PPP forgiveness. Uh, we'll also just be touching briefly on the idle program as they're accepting applications again. We'll talk about the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act, um, which was passed on June 5th, and there's a, a lot of important changes and updates uh, for those of you who receive PPP loans. Uh, we'll also be talking about how and when to apply for forgiveness. Um, we'll go over two different forms that are now available. And we'll also um, try our best to provide some tips and strategies in order to maximize that loan forgiveness. But first we wanted to give a plug to this um, MBA group, Paige. So the um, NI NFIB is a nonprofit organization that um, was established just to help small business owners. And we learned about this very awesome group, MBAs fight COVID-19. Um, this is a group of MBA students from around the US and they are partnering with different small business owners to provide pro bono consulting services. And that can be federal funding programs, um, helping you reach more customers or helping you um, with the business strategy during this time. So, we have a website there you can go visit to learn more, as well as the email for Elizabeth with NFIB, um, who will be able to provide more information on them. So we first wanted to, start, uh, to touch base on the IDLs, the Economic Injury Disaster Loans. And um, basically, when we met last time, which was early April, PPP had not been formally rolled out, or just started to be rolled out. And at that time, the IDLs were the only loans available to small businesses and there was an influx and idols for those who may not know are are loans that are typically available for businesses small businesses in disaster areas if a hurricane or a tornado well this time the entire country was a disaster area and so they they had a historic number of loan applications to process and they ran out of funding um, sometime in may and they stopped taking applications Congress, um, through the Flexibility Act that was passed on June 5th, um, refunded them um, at, or increased the funding. And so as of June 15th, they started um, accepting applications again. And they also continued to process the loans that had been, um, or applications that had been, uh, uh, sorry, um, had been sent in prior to that time. So um, if you did submit an application and they ran out of funding, they should have been reaching out to you via email. Sometimes they call you um, and they've been working through those and then they've opened up for the new, um, with, for the new funding. So what, this, what the idols will do is pay for everything outside of PPP. So it will, your payroll outside of PPP, uh, fixed debts, mortgage, rent, lease, again, outside of your PPP, and other bills. So it's much broader than your PPP. It is a loan though and has to be um, repaid. Um, the terms on uh, the max uh, loan length is 30 years. The current rate is 3.75% and the max loan is 2 million and the payments are deferred for one year. Anecdotally, I can tell you because I've worked with uh, several of our clients that got these loans, the loans are around um, anywhere from 15,000 to 150,000. So initially when COVID-19 hit in like Washington state and they started um, making these loans, the loans were much larger, um, but they had to scale it back 
when there were so many applications. So they started limiting the amount of the loans, um, you know, in, starting in, I believe in April. So what I've, I've, what I've seen uh, clients getting is anywhere from 15 to 150,000, even the larger size small business, it was capped at 150. Um, the other thing that was, is really important to note. So as part of the idle um, application, you could have asked for an advance and that advance was um, it's forgivable, it's, it's a grant, you don't have to pay it back. But what was unknown at the time because PPP had just passed and people were applying for these advances is how they interplayed. They've come out with guidance since then. So if you did get an idle advance, it's gonna impact the amount of your PPP loan that can be forgiven. So um, basically you can't double dip, you can't get both an idle advance, which is um, non-taxable and 100% forgiveness on your PPP loan. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to put everything together, but all of these, um, both of these loans are through the SBA and they're linked, so they're going to know um, if you received an advance and the PPP. So on to the Paycheck Protection Program. Awesome, and I'm just going to do quickly, uh, just give an overview of the Paycheck Protection Program and uh, talk about what I'm sure a lot of you already know, uh, the PPP is a loan. Uh, borrowers agree to pay back 100% of the loan amount within two years or five years for loans originated after June 5th. Uh, forgiveness is not automatic and must be applied for, which is why we're all here today. Uh, if the bank approves the forgiveness application, then the uh, bank will request the SBA to pay down the loan by the forgiveness amount listed. And we're gonna go over the uh, 3508 easy form with you and we'll show you what line eight is. Um, and borrowers then will pay any remaining differences alone. You'll see here at the bottom of the screen, we have a learn more for the Paycheck Protection Program FAQs. These were just updated on 625. Um, and again, these will be sent out after the presentation and hopefully there'll be um, some frequently asked questions in there in case you guys want to explore more. Jennifer, you wanna jump in and talk about the Flexibility Act? Yeah, so, and I have to say, I'm really impressed. Like in, in the beginning, if we think back into the olden days in March of 2020, uh, we didn't know how uh, COVID-19 was gonna impact our country. And so when uh, the Paycheck Protection, the, the CARES Act was passed, they thought eight weeks would be plenty of time, right? But as it turns out, what they, you know, and experience has shown that there was no way that some of these businesses could spend the funds as intended during that eight week period. Um, and also they couldn't spend it on payroll. They couldn't spend 75% on payroll. If you think about some of the more impacted um, industries like uh, restaurants and entertainment, they were completely shut down. So um, with the Flexibility Act, Congress really expanded and made it much more likely that the funds could be spent in a way that you could get 100% forgiveness. They really, do want, um, they really do want these small businesses, these loans to be forgiven. So the covered period was eight weeks, now it's 24. Um, and they decreased the minimum percent required dedicated to payroll costs from 75 to 60%. And then um, there's this other uh, term of FTE. They extended the safe harbor to December 31st. And FTE is a full-time equivalent. So you had to maintain your employee, your full-time equivalents. And if it dropped below a certain percent, then you were gonna have to 
uh, pay back some portion of the loan. So they, again, they made it much more likely that small businesses would be able to qualify for forgiveness. Um, if you did have a portion that was not forgiven, then um, it was deferred up to 10 months after the end of the covered period. And then for those loans after June 5th, they extended the maturity date to five years. So um, again, the, the, with the whole uh, idea that they really do want these loans to be forgiven. So then the, the next question is, is what are payroll costs? Casey? Sure. Sorry to interrupt, Jennifer. I just wanted to really first touch on um, the maturity date of five years. That is something that you do need to reach out to your lenders on. Um, the extension is not automatic unless you uh, work with your lender and you both mutually agree upon that. So for any for any um, loans that were originated before that June 5th, the maturity date is two years and you'll have to talk to your lender about the five year maturity date. And now discussing uh, payroll costs. Okay, so what are payroll costs? Uh, cash compensation includes gross salary, wages, gross tips, gross commissions, paid leave, allowance for dismissal, separation, and bonuses. I do want to highlight that the total for each individual that you pay cannot exceed 15385 for an eight-week period or 46154 for a 20-week period. Um, that's essentially equivalent to $100,000 a year. Uh, other payroll costs include uh, employer contributions for employee health insurance, contributions to retirement plans, uh, employer contributions to retirement plans, and employer state and local taxes. You'll notice that the employer portion of federal taxes is not included in payroll costs. Uh, so if you've included those in your calculations um, when you're trying to figure out if you spent all your PPP funds, you'll need to go back and, and remove those and you might have some more PPP to spend on payroll. Also, any amounts paid to owner employees is also capped at 15,385 or 20,833. So if you're you know, a sole proprietor, a single member LLC, or um, you're an owner employee with an S corporation, you cannot pay yourself more than these two amounts. Um, anything above those amounts are not included in that forgiveness calculation. Some non-payroll costs that are covered, um, mortgage payments of interest, um, rent, leases, um, pursuant to lease agreements, utilities. Uh, I will note also that the obligation agreement service for anything that you use your PPP funds for had to begin before February 15th, 2020. So for example, um, you get a, a electric bill for energy in April, on April 30th, but you got your PPP funds on May 10th. You are not eligible to, you cannot use those funds to pay for the, um, the April electric bill. Um, and also, so that's my note down there about non-payroll costs incurred before the loan period, but being paid during the load period, they're not forgivable. Um, so Dejanine was actually supposed to touch on how to apply for forgiveness, but she stepped out. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get this party started. All right, this kind of obviously hurts the eyes a little bit. We're going to go through this checklist, um, the instructions, and essentially you'll be able to use this form. There are two different forms. There's 3508 easy and there's also the hard application. We're going to walk you step-by-step um, -step through the easy application today as we're really hoping that 
um, a large majority of you are going to be able to use this application. Um, and Deish just walked back in the room, so I'm going to have her jump in. But can, before before Deish does that, can I just um, update with the PPP, as, as folks may know, um, is closing today. You had until June 30th to apply. And I'm actually pleased to announce that they, there was $130 billion left over. So hopefully all the small businesses that needed or wanted the funding um, were able to apply and get it. Uh, 500, uh, $520 billion was loaned out. Um, 60, about 66% of those were to small businesses um, under 50,000 and about 80% was under 100,000. Um, the, the other thing to note is that um, for loans under 150,000, the SBA, there's been some question about whether or not they're gonna be releasing information about who obtained these loans. And if the loan was under 150,000, the SBA will make public um, the totals by zip code, industry, business type, and, and other demographic categories. But for loans above $150,000, the SBA, the SBA will actually release the business names, addresses, zip codes, et cetera. So if, if you did happen to receive more than 150,000, just know that that information is gonna be released um, out into the public. So, okay, Dej. All right. So this is a screenshot from the application. Oh, you touched on that. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> so the first box is, um, the borrower is a self-employed individual, independent contractor, or sole proprietor who had no employees at the time of the PPP loan application and did not include any employee salaries to compute the average monthly payroll in the borrower application form. So if you're a solopreneur and you use line 31 for your 20, from your 2019 Schedule C to apply for the loan, this most likely applies to you. Um, Schedule C, no employees, this is the box for you. Um, and we also have a resource, the PPP loan forgiveness calculation steps for self-employed individuals. And box two, um, I just, before I dive into box two, I wanna cover the alternate covered period. Um, what this is, is the eight week or 24 week period beginning on the first day of the first pay period, which starts the covered period. So essentially what this, alternate cover period is, is let's say you got your funds on a Monday, but your pay period didn't start until Friday. Well, back when it was an eight week period, this allowed a little bit more wiggle room for you to shift your covered period to make sure you could spend all those funds. This is slightly less relevant now that you have 24 weeks um, to use all those funds, but just wanted to highlight that. So the first qualifier for this box is the borrower did not reduce annual salary or hourly wages of any employee by more than 25% during the covered period or the alternate covered period compared to the period between January 1st and March 31st. The second qualifier is the borrower did not reduce the number of employees or the average paid hours of employees between January 1st and the end of the covered period, um, ignoring any qualified reductions, which we'll go into. Um, so if you can say yes to both of those qualifiers, then you could mark yes to box two. So qualified reductions, these are exemptions for you. So if you had any reductions that arose from an inability to rehire qualified employees, or if um, your employee refused a good faith offer or asked for a reduction, um, 
that would also be a qualified reduction. So for example, let's say you had an employee and you got PPP, you were offering to pay them, but they needed to stay home because their kids couldn't go to school anymore. That would be a qualified reduction. In box three, um, you'll notice this first section is the same from box two. The borrower did not reduce annual salary or hourly wages for any employee by more than 25% during the covered period or alternate covered period compared to um, the period from January 1st to March 31st. And um, the borrower was unable to operate during the covered period at the same level of business activity as before February 15th. And that could be due to compliance, um, compliance from um, so sorry, from any guidance issued by either federal or local government agencies. So that could be your CDC, um, your governor, anything like that. Um, anything related to sanitation or social distancing or um, occupancy that would have limited how you were able to operate. And so some examples of being unable to operate is if the governor closed down your business, it was considered not essential they closed it down or if you're only able to operate at 50% capacity or how your building was set up with spacing for social distancing just didn't allow you to have the same volume of customers or if your customers wouldn't comply with the health and safety orders. Um, and all of these are also listed. We provided the 3508EZ application along with the instructions in our resources. And so this is a screenshot from the first page of the application. And this is just collecting some basic information, your PPP loan number, um, the loan amount, the disbursement date, um, your employees um, at the time of application, and then also at the time of the forgiveness application. You'll also notice here that they have a line for the idle advance amount. When we go into the application step-by-step, um, they don't actually have this in the calculation, so at the end they'll give you your forgivable amount, but it doesn't take into account your idle advance, but we do know for certain that they'll be taking that out of your forgivable amount. Um, you also notice the payroll schedule. Um, the other box there is good for any single member LLCs who don't pay themselves on a regular basis. You can mark that other box. Your covered period, your alternate covered period, and then there's also a checkbox for if your um, PPP loan was in excess of $2 million. So, that, so it's a relatively straightforward um, uh, loan applic uh, forgiveness application. Uh, the, the, original uh, the original form was 11 pages long. It, it was kind of scary to look at. There was a lot of calculations that had to be done. So um, we're incredibly thankful that they came out with this easy form because our guess um, from just knowing our clients and, and other small businesses that we've worked with is that they're going to be able to use this easy form and, and make everybody's life a lot better. So um, we have an example. Um, that we wanted to go through just to see um, how the form works. And it, we had to go through it a couple times because it it's kind of, um, it's interesting how they do the math. So um, Billy's a personal trainer and a yoga instructor. Um, he made $48,000 in net income in 2019 and received a PP uh, loan of $10,000. Um, as, as his overhead is very low, um, he decided to use the full amount of the loan to replace his missing income. 
And so he transferred that $10,000 to himself over the eight week period. And he, now he's ready to apply for forgiveness. So um, line one um, is um, uh, $10,000 is gonna be the payroll costs. Um, he didn't have to pay anything uh, from mortgage interest or lease or utility payments. So we just skip down to line five and um, enter that total. He received a PPE loan of uh, 10,000. And this is where it got wonky. I'm like, um, you take the $10,000, which is line one, divided by 60%, which is 16,667. And, but what you do is you take the, um, the smallest of lines five, six, or seven and calculate the forgiveness amount. And I'm like, why are they making us calculate this, um, your payroll costs divided by 60%? And so um, we'll run through a, a, an alternate. Hopefully this makes sense. It's relatively straightforward. If you took all of your um, PPP loan and you paid it out as payroll, 100% is forgiven. So let's say that, um, now, Billy, this is the she version of Billy, she actually owns a yoga studio and um, she still is the only, she paid herself $5,000 and um, she had to pay rent. So she paid out uh, $4,000 in rent and $1,000 in utility payments. So um, again, she spent all of the money on the permitted expenses of $10,000. Her PPP loan was $10,000. But this time, if you take line one divided by 0.6, you, and 0.6 is 60%, it's 8,334. So the amount that can be forgiven is the smallest of those, which is 8,334. So it's incredibly important that you spend at least 60% of your PPP loan on payroll for it to be 100% forgiven. So even if you spent all of the funds on permitted expenses, it's still, um, it, it's still focused on that 60% of your payroll costs. So in this case, $1,666 would then have to be repaid. Um, and these two certifications, um, they essentially reiterate the three checkboxes that we went over from the instructions. So if you did not reduce your number of employees or the average paid hours of employees between January 1st and the end of the covered period, ignoring any of those exemptions that we discussed, you can mark there. Or if the borrower was unable to operate between February 15th and the end of the covered period at the same level of business activity before February 15th, um, due to any compliance with legal or federal regulations, um, this would also be uh, the initial there. And so just another quick polling question. How many of you here believe that you'll be able to use the 3508EZ application? Just a reminder, start to add in those poll results. Um, can you actually, I'm having an issue with the poll, if you could all actually put a yes or a no in the chat box, that would be helpful because it doesn't look like it's recording responses at this time. Looks like a lot of yeses. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's the first poll. 
Okay. So that's what we're hoping is that for the majority of small businesses, um, that they're going to be able to use this easy form because quite frankly, the next form, the, the original form, the hard form is complex and confusing. And I've looked at it and it's given me a headache three times over. Um, it's 11 pages long. There's separate calculations and schedules. You have to um, track all of your employees' salaries or wages through all the different pay periods. Um, so, but we do and recommend that you use this long form if you've got a PPP loan, a PPP loan of over 150,000, or you had a large fluctuating workforce. Um, if you're worried about your um, full-time equivalents, and we've been tracking um, the AICPA, they um, has been putting together great resources for. Um, tax professionals across the country. And uh, so we've included their calculator, their forgiveness calculator. It's an Excel workbook um, that if you do need to use um, and calculate your forgiveness, um, here's a workbook that's already been put together and vetted by you know, um, people who are in, in intimate contact with the SBA in terms of making sure that it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good calculator. So, um, I wouldn't attempt doing the hard form on your own. You should absolutely um, seek assistance from your CPA or other uh, qualified person. Awesome. And now I'm going to talk a little bit. We've had some questions about um, documents and how to document, how to prove um, uh, how to prove uh, that you've paid yourself amounts and also what to submit to your lender. So um, there's a lot of stuff and it's all very situational. It's going to depend on one, the type of business you are and who you're paying. Um, so for example, if you're a, a single member LLC, you're just paying yourself. Bank account statements from both your personal and your biggest business checking are great. Um, also, if you have QuickBooks, um, we're a big proponent of QuickBooks. And if you can show those owner transfers to your personal account, that would also be a really great way and a, uh, to show that you paid yourself and also uh, another piece of documentation that you can submit to your lender to show that you did that. Um, payroll summaries, tax forms, Form 941. So those are the quarterly payroll reports that for those of you who actually run formal payroll, they're going to want to see that. Um, Q2 is coming up. Um, soon here at uh, the end of it and uh, so obviously you'll be you'll need those quarterly payroll reports utility statements rental or lease agreements um, statements of employer retirement contributions receipts of amounts paid to health insurance essentially anything that you spent those funds on they're going to want proof of that so both of the original agreements and of the uh, the bills that were paid uh, our recommendation here is to extend the covered period to 24 weeks instead of eight weeks uh, and spend the funds 100% on payroll to simplify the forgiveness process. That way you don't have to worry about, you know, really intense calculations or um, supplying a lot of additional documentation. Just extend it to 24 weeks and um, then, you know, you have plenty of time to use the full proceeds from the loan um, to pay out in payroll and you won't even risk any of it not being forgiven. Um, documents that you should maintain uh, but don't necessarily need to submit. Payroll records from before the covered period and after the covered period, job offers, um, refusals, firings for a cause, voluntary resignations, requests for reduction hours, proof of inability to hire, job postings. If you've tried to rehire for a position, you want to 
you want to document that you you tried um, you posted that job copies of any local mandates limiting operations so for example um, then the mandate that came out yesterday from Governor Doug Ducey in Arizona saying that all movie theaters and bars and water parks had to close again that would be a, an excellent example of a mandate to, to keep on file uh, financial statements showing an impact on business uh, again, we're going to we're going to plug how important it is to have an accurate set of books here, but um, being able to pull a profit and loss and a balance sheet from from this time. Bank statements from your personal and your checking and also, of course, all records relating to the PPP loan, including any documentation that was originally submitted with the application. Uh, there is a requirement to maintain all of this documentation for six years in case the SBA comes and wants to see, you know, uh, anything about the loan, whether it was the forgiveness or the original application. So we really just recommend documenting everything uh, during this time. You know, keep it simple. Uh, also, don't delay on applying for forgiveness. Just because you have the 24-week covered period does not mean that you have to wait 24 weeks to apply for forgiveness. Once you've spent all of those PPP funds, you're, you're eligible to apply and you still would be able to select that 24 week period, even if let's say you spend all the funds in 16 weeks. Also, you know, just don't switch up your business model um, during your cover period, keep things normal or as normal as possible as they can be this during this time. And also continue to pay your employees at the same cadence and rate as you, you would um, just again to have uh, a, be able to avoid that really pesky hard form uh, with that 25% reduction. And salaries and wages or hours. So um, before going on to the state or the IRS, I wanted to mention a couple of things. Um, first of all, none of the banks, from what I understand, are ready to start accepting PPP forgiveness applications. They're not set up. They're not. They're not ready. Um, and from what I understand, it's going to be the middle of July before the banks are going to be ready for that process. Um, also, from what I understand, is they're actually looking at uh, developing a set of PPP forgiveness tools, and again, they'll be coming in July, where you can be able to um, go through the application and submit all your documentation online. So um, our hope is that it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it so much easier on everybody um, if there's an online source where and it's, it's, um, it's standard, standardized. So um, just... So keep your eyes and ears open for any potential tools that may be coming out. Um, also, I want to touch on briefly um, that there was many options, um, relief options available to business. We talked about PPP and IDLE. There is one other thing I wanted to mention, and it was payroll tax deferment. I don't recommend it. However, it is an option. So what you're able to do, and this is, um, it was expanded during the Flexibility Act, if you need the cash, right, if you absolutely need the cash, you can defer the employer portion of your Social Security taxes um, and pay half at the end of 2021 and the remaining 50% at the end of 2022. So um, I'm not a big proponent of not paying your payroll taxes, you know, currently simply because you can get yourself in a lot of hot water if they're not paid, but they do, they have introduced this flexibility. So if you're, if you're a disciplined person and you just want to hold on to that cash, you do have the option to pay half of those taxes at the end of 2021 and the remaining at the end of 2022. So that was something that they expanded. And then finally, I uh, wanted to touch upon the IRS. Um, 
I mentioned in the last webinar, they basically um, closed down. They closed shop, they turned off the lights and everybody went home. And the IRS is not an agency that was very remote work friendly, um, just due to security and you know a lot of personal information. So a lot of their folks could not work from home. Um, and so what this has done is they have a tremendous backlog and they're still not operational or up 100%. They do have some critical folks who are working. Um, uh, so the first bullet there, they've sent out 20 million notices. And these are automatic notices that are generated and they held on to them and then they sent them all out at once. Um, so if you happen to get one of these notices, they're gonna have the incorrect due dates. Um, and apparently there's also a slip in there that says, you know, you can disregard the dates. So don't, don't worry. Um, realize that they're backlogged and these automatic notices went out um, without, without an update to, to anything. So if you do receive them, you're going to have to respond to that notice or have your provider respond to those notice, but it's not as urgent as it may seem. Um, the other thing is because they had shut down, they have between 10 million and 14 million pieces of unopened mail. So basically, you know, uh, if any of the mail went to the IRS centers and they have several centers across the United States, it basically went into a, a, a container or a big um, trailer, truck trailer, right? And so they have these millions of pieces of unopened mail sitting there. So if you sent in something, uh, sent in a payment or anything, it could be sitting in a trailer and it may not necessarily get linked up with your return. Um, although I've heard of folks, um, they sent in a payment and it cleared the bank. So maybe, maybe the payments they're processing, I'm not really sure. But um, the other thing we highly recommend is if you're doing sending anything to the IRS, please send it in certified. They're not accepting the certified, but at least you know where it is because you'll receive some notification that it's currently sitting waiting for a signature. Um, and then I guess my biggest point here is just to be really super patient. Um, I have no idea how they're gonna be able to process all these pieces of mail. It was a challenge for them even during normal times to stay on top of things. So this is gonna be just a, a tremendous challenge for the IRS to kind of get up, back up to speed. Um, and again, like I said, we don't know when they're opening up. Um, the good news here is they are gonna pay interest on refunds if for some reason you filed your return after April 15th, um, they will automatically tack on some interest income onto that refund. So again, uh, the IRS has an online portal, so utilize that as much as possible. Send anything certified, save those certified receipts and canceled checks. Um, we, we work with the IRS frequently, and I can tell you if I can show them a canceled check, it takes care of problems much faster or a certified receipt. So um, just keep copies of everything um, in case you do have to uh, work through a, a potential issue. Awesome, thanks, Jennifer. Um, we, before we go on to the Q&A section, we just wanna say thank you to Cahoots. They've been such an amazing resource um, for the small business community during this crisis. And we're really um, honored to be able to come and speak to you all on this topic. Uh, we know it's really confusing and there's a lot of updates and changes. And so we just appreciate the opportunity to be able to share what we've learned with all of you. 
So um, if for those of you who don't know who we are, we're a small but mighty uh, tax accounting and advisory firm located here in Arizona. Uh, we work uh, with small and medium businesses and their owners, and we have employees from diverse industries and backgrounds. Um, so that's just how we roll. And Dej was not very happy about putting this slide up here because she's the one who uh, is our front line. Of, um, and, but we're always um, happy to hear from people. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out. Please know that we've been working since January. We didn't, haven't really gotten a break yet. We're hoping to take a break after July 15th. So if there's a little bit of delay in our response, it's because um, we're just a little bit tired. But always feel free to reach out. We're here to help. Um, and there's our contact information.